Football fans, welcome back to the Football v. Football podcast. This is the NFL Week 9 Pick'em Show. Had to get on here because this is an exceptional slate of games we got here this week. Starting off with the first ever game in Frankfurt, Germany. Last year there was the Munich game, my Seahawks taking on the Bucks. I don't want to uh, recall what, what happened in that one. Not a good outcome. Kind of the beginning of the end of the Seahawks season, if we're being honest. But Frankfurt, the NFL comes to Frankfurt in this one. And what a game they're going to be having here. This is going to be the Dolphins at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are favored by a point and a half in this one. The Dolphins are, uh, or, or the, the, the Chiefs rather, are coming off a very difficult game against the Broncos. Um, I think it's the first time in 16 meetings that they lost to the Broncos. Um, and Patrick Mahomes had what they described as a flu game. Of sorts, but what I saw was an excuse for sloppy play, and they had all their weapons. They had Kelsey, they had Pacheco, uh, they had MVS on defense, they had Chris Jones. There was really no excuse for them to play that the way that they they did, and the Broncos, while on offense, they've been okay. They've been mediocre. On defense, they've been bad. And that was supposed to be their forte. And the Chiefs just looked just really subpar. And so they're losing a home game here against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins have been absolutely rolling. I mean, um, Tyreek Hill having an MVP type season. Jalen Waddle, healthy, finally. Tua, playing well. Devon Chain is still injured, but Raheem Mostert and my guy from Washington, Salvan Ahmed. I think Salvan Ahmed should be getting more touches. I think he's a speedster. I think he's great, uh, especially in the open field. And these defenses are I would say about equal. I I don't know that the Dolphins have a guy like Chris Jones on their team that can be a, a disruptor as a lineman. So maybe I'll give the slight edge to the Chiefs on defense and the slight edge to the Dolphins overall on offense. This is a tough one to pick. I mean, the Chiefs being favored by a point and a half, that's – and this is on a neutral field. So from from what I've seen, from what I've seen – the Dolphins are the better team, but the Chiefs have more experience in some of these big games. I think the Chiefs are just going to be a little bit more composed in this one. I'm going to take them to win this by a slim margin. I'm taking the Chiefs by four. Moving on to the next one, Vikings at Falcons. The Falcons are favored by four points. The Vikings have had terrible, terrible luck with injuries 
to Justin Jefferson and the heartbreaking Achilles tear of Kirk Cousins, who was playing one of his best seasons, who was finally playing well in prime time, who had beat the Niners, and things were just coming together for him. And it was really, really sad to see him go down. Jordan Addison has stepped up for this team in a big way as their wide receiver one in the absence of Justin Jefferson. I didn't see that coming at all. And for him to put up the numbers he's putting up, extremely, extremely impressive. He might be the most impressive rookie receiver that has been thrust into this number one role. Even more impressive than Zay Flowers. But, of course, Zay Flowers is on a team with a quarterback that is limited. Despite what people say, Lamar Jackson is just limited as a passer. He's a great runner, but limited as a passer. And the defense of the Vikings, not great. They're nothing nothing special. Even though they somehow cobbled together, you know, a 4-4 four and four, uh, even record here, I couldn't tell you much about the, the Vikings defense. Now the Falcons... Falcons are a very interesting team because they have incredible weapons on offense, but nobody to distribute to them competently. Desmond Ritter has been a disappointment. No other way to say it. And he was benched last game. They're going to try to say it was a concussion or what have you, but he was benched. And they have a guy in Taylor Heineke that I saw play here in Washington and can be exciting, but he's one of those guys that's just like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type who is exciting to watch, will likely, likely throw a good number of picks, but will also throw touchdowns, and is just could give a spark to this team. I think a peak Taylor Heineke will be more exciting and better for the Vikings offense overall because I've said this before, Desmond Ritter is pretty good at quarterbacking within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. But overall, it seems like he has a tepidness to throw it any deeper than that and a lack of accuracy and kind of a lack of an arm, it seems like. I mean, even when he's throwing it, it just comes out of his hand weak. So I'm looking forward to what Taylor Heineke has here. Drake London, unfortunately, see, seems like he has a groin injury or a hamstring. He 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 missed practice all week. Um, we'll see if he practices tomorrow. But be, being able to get Kyle Pitts involved and Bijan Robinson, who mysteriously, I think last week or a couple weeks ago, just had the flu and was a decoy out there and. Hey, Tyler Algier, I'm always going to be a guy that supports Tyler Algier. I think they should get him the ball more. And Cordero Patterson was no slouch as well when Bijan was was sick. They have Matt Collins. I think they have Van Jefferson. I think they traded for him. They got, they got great weapons. And even on their defense, I think uh, Jesse Bates is a really great all-around player for their defense. I think the Falcons have the better overall team. Unfortunately, the, the, the Vikings would if they had Kirk Cousins. Um, but this is very clearly, to me, a seven-point win for the Falcons. Moving now to the Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by eight in this one, which is a little bit of a surprise because 
while the Browns do have the best defense in the league, and you know we found found that out in spades uh, last week. They kept saying it over and over and over when they were playing the Seahawks. Their offense is kind of just okay under P.J. Walker. Nothing special, and without Nick Chubb, of course. So what you have is one superstar, or at least star, I think he's a superstar, in Amari Cooper, a below-average quarterback in P.J. Walker, a solid tight end in David Njoku when they get him involved like they did last week, and maybe post, um, you know, he he had severe burns on his face, and um, he's been playing well since that, so I'm not sure if that gave him kind of like a renewed uh, perspective on life or or what, but um, David Njoku has been renewed, um, and they have a solid stable of running backs between Kareem Hunt now back and Jerome Ford, and... They lost Donovan Peoples-Jones. Elijah Moore, haven't been really impressed with him. But, of course, that defense, Miles Garrett, we, we talked about the Browns' defense on the recap show when they played the Seahawks. They have a good, they have a good defense. And um, the Cardinals, which I just had just slipped my mind, did trade Josh Dobbs. And Josh Dobbs was a quarterback that I was – surprisingly impressed with. I mean, the way he kept himself and his his team in games, the way he defeated the, the Cowboys. But now, I suppose they're going to be going with Clayton Toon, or I think that's the only guy left on their roster that's not Kyler Murray, and I think um, Gannon is holding out Kyler Murray for at least another week. So... Now that I'm seeing this, maybe I'm not so surprised that it's an eight-point line for the Browns. Zach Ertz is on IR. They have Trey McBride, who has been showing signs of promise at tight end. They do have Hollywood Brown. They have Rondell Moore. They got some speedsters on that team. Um, of course, they still don't have Jason or uh, James Conner, but they have uh, De Mercado, who is just kind of proved to be a kind of average, and. That Cardinals defense, I feel really bad for Buda Baker. He looks frustrated out there. I he he's they have they have a guy named Gardek who's playing well in the beginning of the season, but maybe has kind of tapered off a little bit. But Buda Baker is so visibly frustrated out there on defense. It seems like he's really the only weapon they have, and he's been committing some frustration penalties. And uh, free my man Buda Baker, get him on a, a good team or you know start building around this Cardinals team because um, this is not going to be enough. So initially, when I had um, remembered that um, uh, the Cardinals had, or I forgot that the, the Cardinals had traded Josh Dobbs, um, I was going to say that the Cardinals are probably going to keep it more competitive, but with this, um, eight is too low. I I'm I'm taking the Browns to win this one by 14. Moving on now to the Rams at the Packers. Packers are favored here by three points. (coughs) That's one I really don't get, unless Matt Stafford is out. I know they've been talking about Matt Stafford possibly being injured, but if Matt Stafford is playing, you're talking about a team with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, um, 
I guess Kyron Williams is also out. Man, these are these are some some teams with some uh, ravaged by some injuries. Um, would it be Darrell Henderson that's running the ball for him? Tyler Higby. I picked up Tyler Higby in one of my fantasy leagues. Um, I hope he plays well this week. And of course, the Rams on defense. Aaron Donald. That's really all you need to know about this defense causing disruption. And the Packers here, they're still favored by three. They're giving them that that home field advantage. It's going to be 45 degrees and I guess cloudy here. It could be a lot worse in Lambeau. They're two and five. And Jordan Love, while he started the season promising, um, has really, really shown what I thought of him before the season, which is just not that great. There's nothing to really be impressed about or have expectations to him for him to be anything other than a average quarterback. And he has been barely average. He's been slightly below average for the majority of the season. And his receivers, guys that could have gone either way at the beginning of the season, I didn't really have a lot of faith in Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs, and they haven't really done much. And I also didn't have faith in some of their older running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think they should go with some of their rookies, some of their young guys. I think Emmanuel Watson is in of, of one of them. They have another guy as well that, that gave some carries when Aaron Jones was out. I think they should give some of their young guys some, some, some carries at running back, provide a little bit of a spark, but their receivers, just okay. Nothing to, to, to write home about. Um, Rasul Douglas was traded to the Bills uh, from, from the Packers. Um, their defense, nothing to write home about either. Rams have overall more talent. I mean, I know they're used to playing in warm climates, and maybe that's why they're giving the Packers three points here, but I don't see how the Rams um, lose this one. And I, in fact, I think they're going to win by at least seven points. Next game we have is the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. Patriots are favored by a field goal here, three points. Um, interesting game here because Commanders are three and five. Patriots are two and six. These are two underperforming teams. Patriots, you know, really the only thing that you hold on to with this team is the fact that Bill Belichick, possibly the greatest coach of all time, is their coach, and he still usually is able to take away the best player on the other team by and large. Now, would you ask who who is the best player on the, the um, on Washington's offense here? Well, could be McLaurin. Some days people say it's Dotson. Could be uh, Brian Robinson. Um, really, you don't know. Could be Logan Thomas. <laughs> uh, so. I don't know. My inclination is to probably say it's um, Terry McLaurin, but I've been a little disappointed with Terry McLaurin this season. I think he's dropped a good number of balls. His synergy with Sam Howell has not been great. He, Sam Howell has been throwing the ball too low for, for McLaurin, and sometimes he throws it high, but McLaurin can't get to it. I mean, Sam Howell's synergy has really been with uh, Logan Thomas, it seems. He, he seems to find him a lot. Um, 
Jahan Dotson occasionally. I mean, Sam Howell, you know, the, the, the main issue with the commanders is that offensive line is just a sieve. I mean, they, they're on, I think they're on track to allow the most sacks in history in a, in a season uh, to surpass that, that Texans team with um, David Carr. So I like the weapons on the commanders, but again, Sam Howell's ability to get it to them and he's a scrappy player. I think he makes some good plays, but just it's not enough. It's just not quite enough. I really like Brian Robinson. I think they should use him a lot more than they have been using him. Antonio Gibson, uh, Gibson shows signs here and there, but he um, he's an aged running back, so you can only expect so much from him. The Patriots, on the other hand, are still rolling with Mac Jones, who looks extremely awkward when he's passing the ball. I mean, those shoulder pads are too big for him. They just... I mean, get smaller shoulder pads. Get something that can make you just look, you know, um, more flexible, more more mobile. Just, you know, get something that 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 fits you because it 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 looks very strange when you're throwing the ball. Maybe it's impacting how you play because receivers on this team, Kendrick Bourne, Juju, really haven't done much. Even Gasicki. Uh, who else is on this team? Hunter Henry. Been extremely, extremely underwhelming. Even Ramondre Stevenson and, and Ezekiel Elliott. I expected it from Ezekiel Elliott, but Ramondre Stevenson having that this kind of down year that he's having has been a big surprise. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Bill Belichick here. He still has a strong defense. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him that. Uh, the Commanders traded away Montez Sweat and. And their um, other pass rusher, Chase Young. So it looks like they are phoning in the season, just trying to get draft picks. This is becoming more clear to me as I'm talking it through that the Patriots are going to win this one, and I'm going to take them by 10 points. The next game on the schedule here, Bears at Saints. Bears coming off an embarrassing loss on Sunday night football to the Chargers. And perhaps that's why the Saints are favored by eight and a half points in this one, playing at the Superdome. Saints can be a high-powered offense with, of course, Carr as the orchestrator here. Rashid Shahid, man, every every week I see this guy play that burner. Such an exciting player. And, of course, you can't forget about Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. People forgot about Alvin Kamara because he was suspended at the beginning of the year. But what a tremendous player that that guy is. And I like their tight end, Juwan Johnson. And uh, Taysom Hill, man, what a weapon he is as a runner. I was, very, I, I, I was very impressed by multiple aspects of their offense uh, last week. And, um, of course, on defense, they have Cameron Jordan. Great, great player. And the Bears, I, I, I think the, the guy from Shepard, Bajant, is still going to be playing for them. It's I guess it's a little murky. Is Justin Fields back? Will will he come back? Will they just sit him out for the rest of the year and try to get a uh, a good draft pick? DJ Moore, poor guy, is wasting away again. This guy can't seem to catch a break. Every time he's given the opportunity, he shows that he is an elite receiver. But he's just given so few opportunities because his quarterbacks are so bad and his teams are so bad. Um, 
for the running back position for them, it's been a rotating door. I know, I think Khalil Herbert may be still injured. Uh, Deonta Foreman had like a good game, but he's, he's an older running back. I think Roshan Johnson is their best chance to do well. Maybe they can give him uh, um, more carries. And also in space, he's good as a pass catcher. Uh, the Bears are the receivers. Darnell Mooney, just just okay. Cole Komet, just okay. But the thing is, it's just it's the quarterback that is. He's a he's a, he's a, he's trying the best he can, but he's he's a nobody. I'm pretty sure he's an undrafted uh, guy, an undrafted rookie. And that Bears defense is not what they used to be. Nobody fears this Bears defense. The the Chargers just moved the ball at will against them last week. Um, 8.5 is too generous uh, for this game. Um, sorry, I'm taking the Saints to win this one by 20. Moving on to the next game, the most important game for me, uh, Seahawks at Ravens. <coughs> this is going to be a really critical game for Geno Smith to show uh, what he's made of against another really, really good defense, except this time they're playing at Baltimore. Uh, fortunately, it's not going to be a uh, terribly um, weather-impacted game. It's looking like it's going to be 56 and sunny in, in, in Baltimore here. So this will be Geno's chance to put a full game together because he is putting half games together, and the other half of those, uh, uh, of those games, he's um, being pretty reckless and... You know, I've said this again. He's, you know, I've heard it on multiple podcasts I listened to this this week around the NFL. Uh, Dan Hansis and and Greg Rosenthal are are talking about how he's taking more chances now. That's not really Geno's style. His style is to be more conservative, but he is trying to grow as a quarterback and become elite. Uh, that's his aim. I know that's his aim. He's, but you know, last year in 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 pockets he was a great great game manager and even this year he's he's mostly shown that as well and that's primarily what I want from him I mean I just want him to be a distributor because there's such great weapons uh DK Lockett Bobo JSN uh, Charbonnet uh Ken Walker Noah Fant Disley Parkinson I mean there's such great weapons on this team that you just need to get the ball find a way to get the ball in their hands and they can do the rest and stop throwing these two to three, you know, stop turning the ball over two to three times a game. I mean, that's really just focus on not doing that. As for this defense, you know I like this defense. This defense is really, really coming along for Seattle. Things are starting to click, and I it is my hope that there are no more injuries on this defense because it's really about communication, how they communicate with each other. That's of utmost importance. And once, especially that defensive back unit is communicating properly together, I think they can be a tremendous, tremendous team. Um, as for the Ravens, spoke a little bit about their defense. I know they're great. I mean, they. I remember last week multiple plays I saw when uh, they were picking off. Um, I forget who they played last week, but they they were getting a lot of interceptions essentially, um, and. As for the offense, listen, I I am a you know no, notably a Lamar Jackson um, 
I'm a little critical. I'm, I, I, I am critical of him because there is a, a lot of these rankings that I see of him as being like a top three quarterback or like a top five quarterback, and the Ravens being like a top three, top five team. I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I know they, they, they a lot of times do well in the regular season. Listen, I know he has positives. I know he's very evasive. I know he's a great runner. I know that he is able to find his guys uh, well within 10 to 15 yards. Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers with this new addition. Uh, and their running backs, that system, whatever that blocking system is for their running backs is very effective. But week after week after week and year after year, we see guys like Rashad Bateman, getting nothing. Odell Beckham this year, getting nothing. I don't think he got a single catch last week. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, once in a while catching one, but that's it's really like once in a blue moon for that guy. So when you're talking about defending anything beyond 10 to 15 yards, I think Seattle's going to have an opportunity to take advantage of that. You know, uh, they need to devise a scheme that keeps Lamar Jackson in the pocket doesn't allow him to, to run, and is able to suppress that 10 to 15-yard uh, uh, field, essentially, so that they force him to throw the ball farther than that. And if he does, he's going to be inaccurate, as he's shown to have been in the past. So that is the game plan. Listen, I know the Ravens are favored by six, but I am a Hawks supporter. I'm going to take the Hawks to win this one in a close one by three points. Moving on here to the last game in the 1 p.m. Eastern window, the Bucks at the Texans here. Texans are favored by three points. Um, this is a tricky game. Uh, both of these teams have shown promise. They're both overachieving in my eyes. Uh, I thought the Bucks were going to be terrible. I thought the Texans were going to be terrible. They're both here knocking on the door of 500. Whoever wins this game is going to be a 500 team. So I want to talk about the Texans first because – I had really high hopes for Damian Pierce, but this offensive line has just really, really, really disappointed me in how they've been able to, uh, the, the lack of blocking and how they're, I don't know, they may be cutting Damian Pierce's career short, and it's really tough to see because he's such an um, exceptional uh, runner, and he, he runs with like so much like fire and, and like, um, uh, I don't know. He, he he gives us all when he's out there on the field. So uh, to see him uh, struggle like this, it's showing on the, the the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, 109 carries, 327 yards, only one touchdown, and we're we're in week nine. Uh, Nico Collins here as one of C.J. Stroud's receivers has boomer bust games. Pretty inconsistent. I know he also gets the ball to Tank Dell and some of his other uh, uh, receivers, but C.J. Stroud. 1,800 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception has been the best rookie quarterback. The best rookie quarterback. I initially thought it was going to be Anthony Richardson, but he's been out with, with injuries. CJ Stroud has been impressive. Listen, he I know he doesn't make um, a ton of big plays, but he make, he seems to be making the right play. He's a football guy. He has a football mind. Um, so that offense, I think, is, is fairly solid. I know that I, I know they're going to give Devin Singletary the ball more as a running back because um, they're going to pretty much just put him in space, maybe use him more as like a receiving back. So that's that's the uh, 
the, the Texans offense. The defense, I know that they're also, they have Stingley, they have some other guys that they've been drafting as well, Will Anderson. Uh, Texas it's, Texans defense is is pretty good. They're solid. I'd say they're, they're a solid team. The Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield is another guy that's like, um, like feast or famine. Uh, I, I'm still a big fan of Mike Evans. When I saw Chris Godwin, though, on uh, I think they played on Thursday night, he looks surprisingly slow, surprisingly slow. He he is should be a speedster. I've known him always to be a speedster, and he looked very, very slow. Uh, Kate Otten, UW guy, I think he's great. I think they should get him more involved. The running backs, again, you know, as I predicted at the beginning of the season, they're extremely, extremely slow. Uh, Rashad White. I think they should give that kid Tucker. I think he's a rookie. Sean Tucker, I believe his name is. Uh, more touches. I think he looked great in the preseason. I think get get Sean Tucker in there and get him more uh, uh, carries. Um, as for their defense, of course, I'm a big fan of Levante David. You know me. I think that defense also makes plays. These are, these, these are a couple teams that are pretty evenly uh, matched, I would say. It is, and it shows here in the... Um, in the uh, stat line, or I, I guess the predictions here, with it being a three-point uh, spread here with um, the Texans being the home team. <sighs> Tough one to pick. Texans are just kind of generally younger on, on offense. Buccaneers generally older. I think I think the Bucks pull this one out by a point. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think the Bucks pull this out by uh, a point. And let's see if we can bring in uh, OY into this call here. All right, admitting. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Sorry, something came up. No worries, no worries. We got OY on the call. Have you been, bro? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. Well, we are entering the first game of the 4 o'clock window, uh, the Colts at the Panthers. Uh, Colts are favored by 2.5 points. Maybe I should have just stayed off. <laughs> well, we got the big game that I really want to get your opinion on uh, coming up here. So I'm, I'm glad you jumped on. Um, Colts at Panthers, of course, not... A super exciting game uh, in a week where there will be many exciting games. So, um, Colts at Panthers. What, what do you think of, about this one? Do you think there's anything that's going to be – this should have been an Anthony Richardson, um, uh, Bryce Young game, but Anthony Richardson is out. Do you have any opinions about the Colts at the Panthers? God, I, you know, I think the only thing – about this game that anybody would want to see, unless you're a fan of one of the two teams, is how does Bryce Young look? How do like their young players look? I think that's the only thing that you would want to see in this game. Uh, other than that, this is probably the worst game of the week, I think, other than maybe, what is it? We have Giants and Raiders, but... Exactly. Um, I don't know. I... I'm going to take the Colts because I just think the Panthers just have, they're just not, they have nothing going for them right now. They're just, you know, one of those lottery teams. So, you know, I think Minshew looked good last week. There you go, your favorite quarterback, Gardner Minshew. 
They got they got him starting. Yeah. Yeah. No. So um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Colts to win this one pretty decisively, actually. I'll say like twenty-eight to sixteen. Some yeah. Garbage points at the end. Yeah, Colts to me just seem to be the better team all around. Um, Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, those are both good running backs. I mean, I don't even think they needed Jonathan Taylor back. I think Zach Moss was killing it. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think, is a legit number one receiver. Um, and that defense is, you know, just, just I think, going to stop the Panthers. Because when I look at the Panthers, I see, like, of course, you have a, a young quarterback that is trying to grow, but they're running backs. Miles Sanders, I think he's still injured. Or even if he's been playing, it seems like he's injured because he's doing nothing. Chubba Hubbard really just like can't get over the hump, just kind of an average running back. And their receivers, it's really, I, all I see is Adam Thielen occasionally catching a pass. I mean, I don't even know the other receivers on this team. I know they have um, Mingo, Jonathan Mingo, and DJ Chark, but I rarely I ever... forgot Adam Thielen was still in, in the league. He's their number one receiver. It's insane. I mean, the Panthers, they, they just got their first win last week. Um, and I think they just barely, barely got that win. So um, this is going to be a bloodbath, I think. Uh, even though it's it's the Colts and the Colts aren't that great, I think Colts are going to beat them by at least 17 points here. Moving on to uh, the next game that is probably equally as dull here. This uh, 4 o'clock window, congrats, OY. You're going to have all eyes on your game because it's just these three games, Colts, Panthers, Giants, Raiders, and your game. So Giants Raiders here, this is not going to be a Darren Waller revenge game because Darren Waller is out. And uh, we're not going to see Daniel Jones or Tyrod because both of them are injured. We're going to see Danny DeVito's uh, long-lost son here uh, playing quarterback. And the Raiders, they just cleaned house. They just benched Jimmy Garoppolo. They fired their coach. They fired their, their general manager. They're a mess. So how do you see this toilet bowl going, bro? Alright, so even before all those players were were out, right, even if they had been playing, I still would pick the Raiders. Like, I, I, Interesting. I, not because it's the Giants, just because it's, well, because it's the Giants. Like, we know, like, who they are uh, at this point, I think. Uh, and then you add on the fact that uh, the quarterback, both of their quarterbacks are out. Their best player, on, well, their second best player on offense, their best receiver Darren Waller is out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the Raiders will probably be rejuvenated a little bit, you know, change of scenery, new faces, things like that. Um, and they have the best player on the field, right? They have Devontae Adams, best yep. player. On, in fact, Max Crosby, too. They have the two best players on the field. There you go. So I, I, I think the Raiders, um, this would, I think this can be like a, like a rallying cry type of game, you know, where it's like, okay, fresh start. Uh, we're at home. You know, we got a wounded opponent coming in who wasn't that great to begin with. So this is another one where I think the Raiders can win pretty decisively. Uh, and I'll say this one, 30 to 14. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about the Giants that I saw last week when they played the Jets in that incredibly uh, crazy game that they lost, is that uh, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, can look good in pockets. I mean, he, he he is like a very active player on defense, can get a lot of TFLs and sacks. 
And Saquon Barkley is pretty much the Giants offense alone because I think Slayton is a good receiver. They don't get him the ball enough. And also, you know, there's only so much a guy like that can do. I think he's he, he's capped, I think, talent-wise a little bit. But Jalen Hyatt, they haven't get, be, been getting him the ball a lot. Uh, the guy that's going to step in for Waller, Daniel Bellinger, just kind of average. And you're right, man. The Raiders have the weapons. They have Devontae. They have uh, Jacoby Myers. They have either, even Hunter Renfro. They have, you know, Josh Jacobs. Uh, um, so Aiden O'Connell, the guy that's coming in to play QB for them, I think just needs to kind of properly distribute that ball to all their all their weapons. And Max Crosby, top five edge rusher in the league easily. And uh, Marcus Peters, my boy Marcus Peters, I think he had a, I think, 75-yard pick six. That was like their only touchdown for the Raiders last week, I think. Uh, so I'm taking the Raiders as well in a bounce-back game at Las Vegas here uh, for their new coach, Antonio Pierce. He keeps touch, uh, t- uh, talking about touching his players and, and wanting to feel his players. Very bizarre. I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? I think it was just a bad choice of words. At least that's what I'm hoping it was. Yeah. Well, um, before we get to the next game, real quick, because I have the games pulled up, can I just give you a rundown? Uh, of the 1 p.m. games, the good games, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Dolphins at Chiefs, that's an upset pick. I'm actually taking the Dolphins uh, mm-hmm. because it's it's not in Kansas City. Right. And I think that neutralizes a lot of... Uh, a lot of the advantage that Kansas City may have. I don't know who you pick, but I agree with you. Them. I agree, dude. Did you see the Chiefs Broncos game? There's yeah. something going on with those those Chiefs, and actually, they've been pretty subpar for a lot of the season. So I agree with you on that one. Taking Miami Vikings Falcons. I'm taking Atlanta, but Minnesota just dude. Kirk Cousins was playing really well this year, so that sucks for them. They don't have Justin Jefferson, so yeah. uh, I'm taking the division leading Falcons. Crazy uh, Arizona. Uh, Cleveland. I'm going to take uh, Cleveland. Arizona is one and seven, right? And six, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm taking Cleveland. Rams Packers is actually a, a toss up to me. Um, most people are picking the Rams, but I feel like if Stafford's thumb or his finger is still bothering him, then I think that can be an issue. Yeah. So I'm gonna re- I'm gonna reserve the right to change my pick based on that at some point but right now i'm just going to take the rams because i do think they're the better team Mm. uh commanders patriots i'm gonna take the patriots i think the commanders they kind of milled it in when they traded both of their edge rushers young and sweaty yeah yeah they kind of milled it in at that point uh so i think they're just building for next year and i did you did you send that to our chat or i don't know where i saw this but there's a rumor that Commanders might trade for Bill Belichick in the offseason. I think Naev or Sherry are, uh, uh, shared that, but that would be insane. I don't know that Bill Belichick would take that job. I, at this point, why would you just retire? Exactly, exactly. I don't I don't think he would take it. But I, I am convinced, and uh, I mean, I would be optimistic if I was a Commanders fan, that that owner is going for the top of the top in terms of coaches. You know what I mean? after a, a lot of years of uh, futility with that team. So it'll be interesting to see the way they direct the team because I haven't known a team without Daniel Snyder. You know, I guess he's, he's on the team for like 20 years now. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who he hires. Yeah. Um, so Chicago and New Orleans, I'm going to take the Saints. This is another horrible game. Uh, but I think uh, 
you know, the Bears are missing their quarterback. Uh, so I think New Orleans mm-hmm. wins this one pretty easily. Um, Seahawks at Ravens. Now, I wish, God, I wish I could have seen your take on this. So, yeah. Like I said, I lost uh, or I missed that. Um, it's funny because, like, I'm looking at it on the Yahoo Pick'em thing. 91, like 90% of the people are picking Baltimore. Dude, I saw that. I saw that, and I couldn't believe the disrespect. Yeah, that is way too high, I think. Um, I don't have a problem with Baltimore being the favorite, especially at home, especially like with how they've been playing. Yeah. But I do think 91% is a little ridiculous. And so because of that and that alone, I'm going to take Seattle. Nice. Uh, my brain is telling me that Baltimore is the better team, but I don't know. I, I, I think there's some underestimating going on here. Well, have you – okay, let me, I, let me pick your brain a little bit here because I, I look at it from a different prism a little bit. But what do you see as the weaknesses of Seattle that the Ravens are going to exploit? Um, that's interesting because I think I think Seattle has a good receiving core, a really good receiving core actually, uh, and I think Geno is very good at kind of playing within himself and doing, you know, what he's supposed to do. I wonder how many kind of big plays, how explosive they are. I think, I mean, I haven't watched as closely as you have, but that's just the vibe that I get. They haven't been very explosive, Mm -hmm. Um, which in in contrast to Baltimore, Baltimore's actually been really explosive. They, They have, I think they might be like, top three in terms of big plays but the problem with that is that it's so dependent on the quarterback right it's, mm-hmm. it's the quarterback who's making the quarterback is the system in Baltimore yeah so that's true if, if, if I had to guess I think that Baltimore is going to try to force Geno to kind of make those plays down the field and try to beat him that way yeah um but I don't know. It, it's interesting because I do think he has the receivers to do it. I think, you know, JSN's playing a lot better. He's kind of like starting to kind of get comfortable a little bit. Uh, you already know how I feel about Tyler Lockett. So Most uh, underrated receiver of all time. I don't know about all time, but <laughs> he's definitely, definitely underrated. Is, uh, is Williams playing this week? Williams? Uh, yeah, Leonard Williams. Oh, I think he, I mean he should be. He's I don't think he's been injured. I haven't checked, but um, I hope he is. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I, I, mean, don't, I don't know. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I so my answer to that question would be that the script for the Ravens to win this one is Geno has three or four turnovers, whether it's fumbling, whether it's throwing picks, because the defense has been playing really well. I mean, they held. The Bengals to 17 points, the uh, the Browns to, to 20. They, I mean, they've been holding teams to, like, a low number of points because the defensive back unit is finally coming together. They're finally getting pass rushers. And um, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks are playing really, really well as a linebacking core. Um, and then also how they're able to contain Lamar Jackson as a runner uh, because last time they played, uh, they did not contain him at all. 
So um, that's going to be one thing. But if they force him to try to throw to, to Rashad Bateman and to try to show, throw to Aguilar and, and Beckham, I think they're going to have success in terms of uh, turning him over. So, Yeah, and I think like um, what a lot of people misunderstand about kind of Lamar's game is he actually can throw the deep ball, right? He has a really strong arm. He can throw the deep ball. What I've always wondered about him is can he consistently kind of make those intermediate throws right. and kind of control the passing game, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, you know, Seattle's defense is playing a lot better. So if, if you look at the script from the other way, it's, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to take away the run, right? I'm going to take away uh, your escapes, right? Uh, like, if it was me, I'm playing zone in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just me. That's how I would play Lamar. For sure. Uh, um, let's see if you can beat me throwing the ball, like, moving down the field. Not, like, just a long, deep pass. You right. know, let's see if you can sustain, like, a passing game. 100%. And you got to keep you got to keep him in the pocket. You know, like, don't – I don't want them rushing Lamar Jackson. Just create that pocket there. Of contain him. Make him stay in the pocket. And what he's going to do, because I know he loves to do this. I have Zay Flowers, one of my leagues. He throws to Zay Flowers on the flat. He throws to Mark Andrews in the flat, and that's his game. And they have a good running game as well. That The run blocking scheme is good, and whoever it is that's running the ball just ends up running the ball well with them. But if you just keep him in the pocket, I think that he can be exposed. And I don't want them to rush him. In fact, you know, there, there was like a, a, a defensive scheme I saw one time where all 11 players were just playing kind of in coverage. I would love for them to do that. I know, I know, I don't expect it, but I would love for them to do that. You think they're going to blitz? I don't want them to blitz because they're 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 going to, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to. They're going to though. I hope not. I listen. I I don't think actually, the Seahawks have been like a big blitzing team. Occasionally they'll send like Jamal Adams in because he he likes to do that, but um, I would hope not. Based on what I've seen, I would hope not. We'll see. Yeah. So what was your what was your prediction, like your official prediction? I think Seahawks are going to win by one. I, of course, I'm a Seahawks supporter, and I, it's going to be a tough game. I know. It's at Baltimore. It's going to be tough. But um, I, I'm picking them to win by one. It's not like out of the realm of possibility, right? Like, if, look, if you're ranking these teams, then Seattle is at worst, like, the fifth best team in the NFC, right? Mm-hmm. Fifth or sixth best team. Like, that's kind of where they are. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is probably the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC, and that might be me being generous, honestly. Mm. So they're kind of like... Right. Equivalent you know, in the divisions, yeah. It's not like a 91% difference is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, what's going on? What do these people know, these betters? Like, there's something that they know that we don't know whenever I see something like that. But um, we'll see. And yeah, and then the that last game I had that I missed was I'm taking Houston to beat uh, Tampa Bay. I've been mm-hmm. I've been bullish on that defense all year, uh, Houston's defense all year. And so mm-hmm. I think I, I think they'll win this one. It'll be something like twenty to fourteen or something, but I, I think they'll win that game. They're very similar teams, but yeah, I agree with you. Texans are young and hungry, and I think they're a good team. Moving on now to the game of the week. Um, Many, many people's game of the week. The 425 slot game of the week for sure. Cowboys at Eagles. 
Um, Eagles are favored by only three points in this one, and they're at home, which means that this is like essentially like a pick'em. Uh, they're they're regarding these teams as as very even. I'm gonna give the floor to you. What do you think is gonna go on in this um, in this one? Yeah, before I get into the, that game real quick, um, actually no, no, I'll come back to my point that I was gonna make. But okay, so this is I think it's kind of fitting that this is the only good game in the four o'clock slot, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, the Cowboys' offense has kind of found their groove, or it looks like they're starting to find their groove a little bit in the past two weeks. Uh, Dak has been playing a lot more free. Uh, you know, it, it looks like he's not just trying to play within the system. It looks like he's creating. Uh, and I think that that's kind of freed up a lot of things. CeeDee Lamman has, you know, he's starting to, I think, emerge – as like that alpha wide receiver, like mm. you know, uh, I, I think you know we already saw a lot of it last year, but I think now it's like okay, now he can consistently be that person, can he, you know, like a top five type wide receiver. We're starting to see that. Um, the problem I see with the Cowboys right now is they are really struggling to run the ball, man. Mm. Like their their running game is not working, and yeah. Um, you know, a lot of us wanted them to trade for Derrick Henry, which I would have been fine with. Uh, but I think the bigger problem is the offensive line. And I think it's a schematic issue. For whatever reason, they're just not, you know, pushing. They're not creating those holes. They're not whatever. Um, so the run game is really struggling right now. Uh, the thing I need to see from the defense is more consistency, especially from the pass rush. I think when this defense is on, it's as good as any in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think too often they kind of, I don't know, it's, it's not that they disappear, but it's almost like the, the volume isn't, the knob isn't turned all the way up. Right. Uh, and so I, I need to see that pass rush be more more, more consistent. And I, I said this last month, like I said this last month, bro, mm-hmm. I have like tech, I have text evidence. I texted Nive. I said, Deron Bland, all pro. Like, I have proof of this. Was that before he, he, he became the starter? I think it was after Diggs got hurt. Okay. I think it was after Diggs got hurt. Mm. Bro, he has three pick sixes, and Amazing. he's playing great. He has all these paths. Like, he is something else. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I would say that he's playing well, but I am surprised that he's doing this. Uh, this is... Really impressive. On the other side, uh, I think AJ Brown right now is the best wide receiver in the league, mm. at least like during this little stretch. Yeah. Right. I think, uh, especially with Justin Jefferson out, I think AJ Brown's playing out of his mind right now. And to be honest, I think he's carrying that team, at least the offense. Mm. Uh, AJ Brown and that offensive line uh, are really playing really great. Uh, Jalen Hurts is interesting because I think. It's really weird. He's turning the ball over like crazy, mm-hmm. but he he'll also make plays kind of, you know, at the end of these games or certain moments. So I got to give him credit for that. And I think that the the Eagles defense um, you know, interior that D-line is really good. Jalen Carter, you know, he's looking like the best player in that draft. Like 
you know, he was going to be the number one pick, really, honestly. It's looking like it right now. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be a, a. I'm hoping it's going to be a good game. Um, you know, I think the tie goes to the runner here, um, and I hate to say it. I, I, I think that the Eagles, you know, just being the home team, I think that's a safe pick. That's probably what I'll do here. Uh, but I think it's not because they are dem- demonstrably better. I think, or demonstrably better. I think they win basically by a field goal, right? I'll, I'll say something like 33 to 30 or something like that. But mm. I think both teams show that, you know, they belong in that field. Um, and I will say, though, that this game is really important, I think, at this point for Dallas because one, just the psyche, like after the 49ers game, right? It's, okay, we no-showed that game. Now we have to show up for this game. And then number two, for seeding, you're like a game, is it a game and a half? No. Uh, if they if they win this game, they're the number one team in the division and in the conference, right? right? They're the number one seed. So that's important because their next three games are, what is it, Carolina... The Giants and Washington. Philly goes on a bye, and then they start like their crazy gauntlet of like I think they're playing Buffalo and Miami and Kansas City and then Dallas. Again. Niners so, and Seahawks. Yeah, they play yeah. six games against. They're they're that's the toughest stretch of anybody. When I heard their schedule over the next six games. Yeah. So this is really this is actually like a really pivotal game I think for 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 seeding purposes for both teams. So mm-hmm. that's going to be something I'm going to want to kind of see how both teams approach the game for that. Yeah. I can't wait for this game. And I, I think a lot of people can't wait. I'm looking at the ticket prices here they have. They show all the ticket prices on ESPN. And it says the the, the least expensive ticket right now is $285. And that is way more than, for example, the lowest ticket you can get in Buccaneers, Texans is 23 And the one in Frankfurt, the first ever game in Frankfurt is like 200 So it's like $85 more than that. Uh, it's more than the Bengals uh, Bills game, more than any other game. So this is this is really the game of the week. Um, I, I'm hoping you guys can win this one to, to to keep the NFC competitive. I'm really happy about what you guys did to the Rams and whooped that ass uh, last week, and uh, and show them uh, what's what. Um, the Cowboys at their peak can look like the best team in the league because I know that Dan Quinn defense. I know how great they are. I know Micah Parsons and your boy Deron Bland and and um, and Gilmore and I mean that I mean when when the Cowboys are playing well, they are shutting people out and making them look like they belong like on in college essentially. And that offense, like you said, CD Lamb really broke out last week. Dak really solid game. Um Brandon Cooks, I'm a fan of Brandon Cooks. I think he's a really good player. I remember there was one game where he was like the only guy that was getting open, and I think like won them the game. I forget which game that was. And as for the running game, I agree with you, but I think that they should get Tony Pollard more out in space because that's right. even even when uh, it was him and Zeke, when they utilized him as like a pseudo um, uh, pass catcher, like what the um, – the Niners do a lot of times with the uh, with CMC and the and they CMC did that with the Panthers as well. I think that would be optimal for this team if they can use him like that. I think he has kind of maybe I don't know that he has he has full um, 
he hasn't come back to what he was before that that injury because Tony Pollard was like one of the fastest players I've ever seen before that injury. And I just haven't seen that that speed this year. Um, but as for the Eagles, man, they're so tough. A.J. Brown, like you said, one of, if not the best, receiver in the league. Devonta Smith as a number two receiver, extremely, extremely skilled. Dallas Goddard. DeAndre Swift has good games here and there as well. Jalen Hurts and that offensive line, man, they can move the pile whenever they want to. Um they're just so solid, man, and on uh, on defense as well. Even this guy Reed Blankenship, which like didn't expect anything from him, he got a pick last week, um, and is playing at they're playing at Philadelphia. I mean, listen, like I said, I want the Cowboys to win this one, but in my mind, it's 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 a one point Eagles win. Um, yeah. And listen, I I I I definitely hope I'm wrong. I just I have trouble I have trouble seeing. Um, yeah. That 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 that's what I'm going with right now. But I hope I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I know. I I I think that's like the smart pick. And I will say this because everything gets blown out of proportion when it comes to Dallas. Like, if if they lose the game, that's not a referendum on the season. <laughs> like it right. always like happens. And what it, what would be a referendum is if they get blown out, right? right? I think I think what matters here is how they play this game. You lose this game. There's no shame in losing to the number one seed at their place. Yeah. You play well, right? Because then go and split the go and split the season series, right? Go go beat them when you play them again at home. Uh, but yeah, as far as this game and uh, definitely looking forward to it, kind of seeing how they respond. If the Cowboys win this one, this is their biggest win in how long? Like biggest regular season win. Yeah. Oh god. I haven't think about that. I think they've had like I, I guess they, they beat the they beat the Vikings I remember last year which which was a big win but the Eagles just look like like really really good. Um well, well you would be beating the NFC champion, right? Yeah. And your division rival at at, at Philadelphia. Yeah. So I I I think it would be their biggest win like like in a while. Yeah, you could argue that. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. It's going to be a great game, and uh, those other—I don't even know why they're showing these other games on TV. Honestly, Colts, Panthers, Giants, Raiders—you're going you're gonna to get no no viewers. I'm sorry to say. So yeah. it's going to be red zone. On to the next one here: the Sunday night game, Bills at Bengals. Uh, Bengals are favored by uh, two points here. This is the uh, first game uh, back since that Demar Hamlin. Uh, injury last year they didn't even complete that game uh this is a Bengals team that is finally coming into what we thought they were going to be before the season started and a Bills team that is looks to me like they're going the other way they started off really good and now they're dipping Bengals are going you know the other way they started off bad now they're they're starting to ascend uh five and three Bills four uh four and three Bengals what do you think is going to happen in this one yeah so the point that I was going to make earlier uh, was that like, and the NFL really lucked out with this week. Like, because you look at that nine thirty slot, it's Miami and Kansas City, right? And oh. then four o'clock you have Dallas, Philly, and then at night you have Buffalo, Cincinnati. What a Sunday! So you got three great games that you know will like eyes will be glued to each of these games, right? Absolutely, they be distracted by other games. for sure. Um, this game to me is a momentum game. 
So, like you said, Bengals are kind of ascending while Buffalo seems to be descending right now. Um, and for that reason, I'm actually going to take Cincinnati to stay hot. Mm-hmm. I just think that they're too good. And I said this like when they started. They started, what, 0-2? They're 1-3, right? They were bad. They were bad in yeah. the beginning, yeah. They're just too good. There's too much talent. The quarterback's too good for them to kind of just somehow, you know, end up being like one of these bottom tier teams. I think that now that they've kind of found a groove, I think they'll build on that. And, you know, being at home, I think, will really help with that as well. So I'm taking Cincinnati to stay hot. Um, I I think they'll win like 28 to 23. Um, I think I would keep an eye on Josh Allen's, like which Josh Allen are we going to see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen can be the guy who makes the play, but he can also be the guy who makes the play for the other team, right? Exactly. So, I think that's something definitely to keep an eye on. But I, I think the Bengals stay hot here, man. I think I think it would be what four in a row at this point, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I think they're going to really start getting on a roll here as the season kind of gets to the midway point. Yeah, I mean, as I'm looking at this game. I can't even, I don't even know. It's a toss-up to me, so I'm going to try to talk my way through this. So, okay, Bills, Josh Allen, he has an injured shoulder, and he throws a lot of picks. I mean, I mean, obviously he's a great player. Stephon Diggs, incredible player. And what I noticed from him also, you know, this year is how much effort he gives after the catch. Uh, really, really impressive. Gabe Davis has been a big disappointment this year. People thought he was going to break out as a great receiver, but really it's been Khalil Shakir that's been their de facto number two receiver. They lost Dawson Knox. They're going with Dalton Kincaid. He's a rookie. He's been okay. But the biggest thing that's disappointed me about this team is the way Sean McDermott has has orchestrated the run game because I was a big James Cook believer, but I don't think there's been a single game where he's gotten like 15 carries. Uh, he gets you know, 10 carries here, 8 carries, and then... Once they get inside the 20, they throw in Latavius Murray. And they just signed Leonard Fournette. I think they're going to start giving the ball to Leonard Fournette. I don't know why they don't believe in James Cook. He comes from good genes. He had he was great in college. He's great every time you give him the ball. I don't know why they don't give him the ball more. They absolutely should, but Sean McDermott doesn't want to. On their defense, I think they've had two really big injuries. Do you remember who it was? Was it Jordan Poyer and... and uh, I forget, but they had like two injuries to like two of their best players. Wasn't it Tredavious White? Tredavious White, and then one other guy. Um, I I'm trying to remember. I know that they have Von Miller, right? Von Miller is still on the team. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think they're still, of course. You know, I know the Bills. The Bills have, you know, they're they pride themselves on their defense, but I, they they don't have two of their best players. The Bengals. Joe Burrow was injured to start the season, and that's why he wasn't playing well. He's coming back. Uh, Jamar Chase. Um, uh, Higgins has been having like a weird season, but Tyler Boyd has been playing better. Uh, Joe Mixon is, you know, he had a good game last week. Um, and that defense, I think they're just kind of rounding into form. They only allowed the Seahawks to, to score 13 points. They look pretty good as well. Um, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna go with the Bills on this one. I don't I, I don't know that the, the the Bengals can continue to stay this hot. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm taking that pick. I just think I'm, I'm just looking at the Bills. I think they're just like overall a more solid team. And maybe the Bengals need a little more time for, for things to come together. Um, I don't know. I'm just going with the Bills on this one. But the Bengals yeah, are, are, are set up to win. That's as good of a strategy as any. <laughs> and, you know, actually, because the line is saying the, the Bengals are favored by two at home, which means that they, I guess, maybe secretly think the Bills are maybe favored by one because you usually give the home team three points. So right. Um, right. we'll see. I think the Bills just overall have – have have some more weapons and uh, maybe on defense they're they're a little better. But moving on to the last game of the week, Chargers at Jets. Um, tickets as low as forty four dollars. That's that's a little surprising. I'm just noticing this little thing about they they, they show the tickets. But anyway, um, Chargers coming off a whooping of the the Bears. They absolutely shellacked them. The Jets barely survive uh, the Giants to win that one. Um, what do you see happening in this game? So, I've been—I was actually thinking about this. The way, like, what you said about how you feel about picking Buffalo is how I feel about the Jets in this game. Mm. Like, I'm taking the Jets. I'm, I'm kind of taking them in an upset. Wow. I, there's no logical reason for me to take the Jets. Like overall. It's just, it's just kind of like a vibe. I'm a gut getting. feeling after watching football for like 25 years, right? Yeah. We just, just get them like sometimes. A, a vibe I'm getting. I will say there is a little bit of logic here. When I, Again, the, the Jets' defense has been pretty excellent, at least the passing defense, right? They're mm-hmm. fifth in the league in yards allowed in the game, passing yards allowed in the game. Mm. And I wonder if that will kind of stifle Justin Herbert a little bit, right? I, it, mm-hmm. Herbert's interesting to me because, like, I, I do like him. I think he has great tools. I, I think he has a lot of great traits. But I just wonder if some of these media pundits have kind of like elevated him to a point where it's just like you can't even critique him, mm-hmm. and, right? And mm-hmm. hey, who knows, man? Maybe he'll go out and throw like four touchdowns in this game. I don't know. He's he's totally uh, capable of doing that, uh, but. I think that it's, it's, this Jets defense, the passing defense, has been more consistent this year. It's been more consistent than this year than the Chargers offense has been. Mm. And that is especially more impressive considering how inconsistent the Jets uh, quarterback play has been. Right? Right. Zach Wilson's playing a little bit better, though, recently. I'll give him that. He's kind of, he's kind of gone from like terrible and moved up to like below average right so right uh, he's kind of moved up a tier so i'm gonna take the jets to win a really close game uh i'll say 21 to 20 the jets win. Wow. no 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 that's too many points i'll say <laughs> <laughs> i'll say 17 to 16 the jets wow yeah okay this game is really interesting because uh Chargers are three and four. Jets are four and three. Did you know that? Did you know the Jets were four and three? I just looked. I just looked at it right now, and I'm like, wow. I'm shocked. I thought they were like two and six, based yeah. on what I've seen from them this year. And the, but the Chargers are favored by three and a half points at the Jets, which means that they think the Chargers are maybe like six and a half points better than the Jets. Um, 
This is really interesting. Okay, what you said about Justin Herbert is something I've heard from like a few different people. And I, I was surprised because, yes, you're right, the pundits all talk up Justin Herbert. And I picked him in like all, almost all of my fantasy leagues because my lasting image of him is that game against the Raiders. Was it, I think, last year or two or two? I think it must have been last year when he like fought and kept converting fourth downs and kept throwing touchdowns. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, I think that was last year. It um, was last year. It might have been two years ago. I don't know, but in my head, I'm just like, that's Herbert. Herbert is like that player that makes the big plays and big moments and is a great player and he's ascending and he's in the ranks of Burrow and and, and, and Josh Allen and and these types of guys. Um, So that's the guy that's in my head. And then last week also he threw three touchdowns in the first quarter, but as a guy that's – sorry, in the first half, but a guy that's had him – as a guy that's had him on my team the whole season, he's definitely not that guy. I mean, he – can have really, really bad games, and that's why they're three and four. Um, of course, they're missing Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, very solid guy, but other than that, Quinn Johnson hasn't really – he's probably been the worst of those, like, rookie receivers that were picked. Um, Gerald Everett, I'm not a r- really big fan of his. Austin Eckler is good, but he seems, like, sometimes to disappear, and Josh Kelly is just, like, an average backup co- uh, running back. Um, and then these Jets um, – Brees Hall. Brees Hall, what I noticed about him, even though he's not like um, like super fast, he has the longest strides of any like NFL player I've ever seen. He just takes these really long strides, and that's why he looks so fast. Garrett Wilson made some really, really big catches last week to, to, to get them in the field goal range to win him that game. And you're right. I, I, Zach Wilson has been playing marginally better, and, and maybe that's all that takes because they have such a great defense. Um, to me, this com- comes down to the coaches. And I believe in Robert Saleh a lot more than I do in Brandon Staley. I think he's just going to outcoach him. It's at New York, and I think it, like it's a mindset thing. And I think the Jets are also going to win this one. I think they're going to win by, I say six points. So I'm taking the Jets. Can you can you imagine? I've I've thought this at various points through the year. Can you like just imagine if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt? Like, be crazy. With that defense. It might be like 7-1 and one right now. Absolutely. Dude, this is this is the only team that beat the Eagles. Like, every time I, like, look at this record, I'm thinking, like, how are the Jets, like, 4-3? and three? And I just think back to, oh, my God, they beat this team. Oh, my God, they beat this team. You know? Um, but, dude, Aaron Rodgers is back out there, like, on the field, like, taking, like, sh- like little dropbacks. I mean. Yeah, that's why some <laughs> – that's why the Jets got to start losing and not make the playoffs because I'm not trying to see this guy. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's the uh, the Week 9 slate. I want to thank you for jumping on, OY. Thanks so much, man. Um, I want to remind everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, give us a like and subscribe. Subscribing is really the best thing you can do. It would be much appreciated. Listening on a podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Exo Player. Samsung, whatever you're listening on, give us a five-star rating. Follow us on there. Drop some feedback. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok as well. And really looking forward to these games, OY, especially that 425 one that everyone's going to be watching. For OY, I'm Bags. Thank you all so much. And until next time, have a fantastic day, football fans.